View, what's up? How are we doing tonight? We okay? Awesome. Well, listen, welcome to church. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you just yet, my name is Jared. I get the privilege of pastoring here at City Hope Church, and I get to have fun with you guys on Wednesday nights. Uh, did my wife just preach or, 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 or what? Okay. She did what I always dream of. I love when people preach while people are singing worship, and I was like, no, I wanted to do that, but she killed it. Uh, no, but the, the cool thing is, and, and I don't know if you've experienced God like this before, but um, sometimes church can uh, get in the way of your relationship with God. I know that sounds a little bit weird. Uh, let me explain what I mean. Sometimes we can get so good at playing church, we miss experiencing God. But what I saw here tonight was my wife being honest not about what's good and what is going to play right at church, uh, but what I saw was her expressing uh, how powerful and how uh, incredible this move that God has placed in her has been over the last few days. And I think that that's important that you understand the difference because some of us, we come to church to experience God, and we're missing the point of church. We don't just come to church to experience God. We come to church to celebrate experiencing God. And if you need a miracle, it may begin tonight, but if it ends tonight, it's not a miracle. It's just a moment. If church only happens at church, it's not church, it's a joke. I hate that video because if if you're anything like me, you hate the sound of your voice. I'm like, take that out of the video. I've told my guys so many times, and they always say, all right, it's out this week. It's it's a joke at this point, but, um, but it's real. If you're only experiencing God on Wednesday nights, you're missing so much of God. And it's crazy that that's such a segue into what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Y'all going to have to bear with me tonight, okay? Um, I caught something. I don't know what it is. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm going to be coughing and, 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 and sniffing the whole, uh, the whole night. Um, my campus pastor doesn't know this, but I'm not coming to work in the morning. You just got to know, Okay. <laughs> Don't put that on Instagram. Um, But they were like, Pastor Jared, are you going to preach tonight? You sound really horrible. I said, if Jordan can play game six with the flu, we can preach with a little bit of cold, okay? So um, just bear with me tonight. Don't uh, make fun of my voice. Uh, Just try to hear the word that God wants to speak. Um, We've been in a series called Whispers for the past few weeks, and uh, I guess... It's been only been two weeks. Um, this is week three of this series called Whispers. And the whole idea of launching this, this year, this semester with this series, is, is we've been trying to dig into God's word and figure out what it means to actually hear his voice. We've been trying to figure out, okay, well, when it comes to hearing God, what do I have to do to make that a reality instead of just a hope or a wish? And here's the recap, because I feel like we're going to set tonight up. I I really love uh, preaching uh, 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 content that can help you walk on a journey instead of just hitting one and be like, oh, that's a great message. I like us to take a journey, because here's what I know. When it comes to hearing God, one message and and a bunch of likes on Instagram, and that's great. That's not going to cut it, because this thought about hearing God is so fundamental to your walk with God that you need to discover this, and you need to really understand what we're talking about. So let's recap really quick. I want to build off 
all of that tonight. We started in week one, and here's kind of a, a couple of thoughts from the first, few week, first couple of weeks. The first thought is this. One, God speaks to people like me. God speaks to people like That was really the massive part of week one. We said, God speaks to people like me. There's no barrier to entry, okay, right? Like, you don't have to be spiritually mature to hear the voice of God. As a matter of fact, God speaks not because of you. God speaks in spite of you. That was where we focused on the, the first week, and we also kind of opened up this idea. The second thought is this. God speaks to be with me, right? So God speaks to people like me. And then God speaks to be with me. We ended night one with this, this massive thought that, that the point of God's voice wasn't to give me a purpose, a plan, and a destiny. Even though we love that. It's great to feel that. But that's not why primarily God speaks to you. We looked into the word and we saw that, that God speaks simply to be in an intimate relationship with you. I think one of the thoughts that I loved most from that first week was that if we became as obsessed with our Heavenly Father as we are with our future, we wouldn't be questioning why God's not speaking to us. So we said, yeah, God speaks to people like me. God speaks to be with me. And then lastly, and this is kind of where Pastor Josh landed last week, God's voice is often a whisper. God's voice is often a whisper. And and here's my thought. If if God's voice is a whisper, the most crucial question we have to ask isn't whether or not the whisper is happening. The most crucial question that we have to ask is, am I listening? If you're taking notes tonight, that's the title. It's called Listen. Whispers week three, semicolon or colon, however you want to do your notes, listen, okay? It's artsy. Y'all know how I am, okay? Let's pray. God, we love you. We praise you. We just ask that as we start this journey that, God, you will just speak. God, we know that there's so much that you want to say. I pray that we're listening. I pray that we're listening. Anoint this time. This is about you. There's people in this room that are desperate to be with you. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to attempt to bring a little bit of clarity to this idea. We titled this series, Whispers, centering around the conversation that we're supposed to be having with God, talking about how do we hear the voice of God, what does it mean to hear God. But here's the thing. When we're talking about this walk with Jesus and when we're talking about specifically hearing God or listening for the voice of God, we don't emphatically mean an audible voice, okay? Let let me go ahead and and make some things clear. We don't necessarily mean that God's going to come down in Sean Connery's voice and say, listen. (laughs) Right? I have something to tell you. But that's how people want the voice of God to sound, right? It's big. It's booming. It's like, yo, this is crazy. Is that God or Darth Vader? And we want it to be like that because it's, it's dramatic like most of us that have TikToks, right? It's a, it's a show. It's theater, right? I want God's voice to be unmistakable, right? Trouble is... 
Oftentimes, it's not like that. And uh, while God, God's voice is audible at points, we see that in the Old Testament uh, most notably, but we also see that in Matthew when <clears throat> he speaks about his son, Jesus. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, right? A voice opened up and spoke. When we're talking about the voice of God in your life, we don't always, and as a matter of fact, we don't primarily mean a normal voice like you're hearing right now. See, when we say, uh, when we say can you hear God's voice or, or do you hear God's voice, uh, we more closely mean are you receiving tangible or intangible evidence Right? Tangible or intangible evidence that the God we're praying to is not only real, but also actively involved in the intricate facets of our life. When we say, can you hear God, what we really mean is, is God real? Like if we're being honest, because when we doubt whether or not God's voice is there, what we're really saying is, okay, if you're not speaking, are you even real? So this, this series, while we are talking about how you can hear the voice of God, what we're really trying to show you is how God is speaking and showing you that, yes, in fact, he is there. So now that we've cleared up this thought that whispers or uh, hearing God's voice isn't necessarily God speaking, let's go ahead and move forward with that idea. Because with that being clear, what we have to do is we have to begin to unpack the overarching theme of, okay, maybe this isn't just talking with God. Uh, maybe there's other forms of communication with God. How many of y'all know people that, like, never actually speak with their words? You know, like, you're like, uh, and I'll give you an example because y'all are like, Pastor Jay, what does that even mean? Uh, like, you know people that when you ask them a question, like, hey, are you okay? They go, mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yes. Right? Like all body language, their face says, uh, I hate you. Their mouth says, I'm good. Right? <laughs> like, you know anybody like that? Like my wife, when we got married, one of, one of my pet peeves was that my wife could give faces like nobody's business. I don't know why it just ticked me off, but like for some reason, like when she wasn't, she could just look at me in a way and I'm like, mm, okay. I love the Lord. Sanctify. But she was just great at getting, and there, there's people like that be, because the truth is we don't just communicate with our mouths. There's so many other different forms of communication, right? And those of you guys that are passive-aggressive text messengers, you know what I'm talking about, okay? We know what K means. <laughs> but communication isn't always verbal, so when we're talking about hearing the voice of God, it doesn't necessarily have to be audible or words. We're talking about how it is humans communicate with the divine, right? That's what we're really talking about uh, when we say hearing God. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is, is David. And one of the reasons why he's my, my favorite um, is honestly the, the way he writes specifically in Psalms about his relationship with God. Most of the time in the Old Testament, God is just like, massive, like, justice, ruler, sword in his hand type, just straight up gangster type of a dad, right? Like, he's still God, he's still Abba, all those things are true. But for some reason, when I, when I read the Old Testament, God just seems like a little bit more mean than in the New Testament, right? <laughs> um, but with David, it, it doesn't quite seem that way, particularly in Psalms. 
It seems like David has a different type of a relationship. As a matter of fact, David has a type of relationship with God that I think even modern-day Christians uh, aspire to. Particularly in one of the most famous psalms of all time, Psalms 23. You may know this one by heart, right? But, but this is a beautiful psalm that, that, that David wrote, and in it, you can really tell, okay, God is personified here. He's not just God. He, he seems to also be friend. Let's read it really quick. I love what it says. It says this, okay? The Lord is my shepherd, right? I shall lack for nothing. Other translations say, I shall not want. Not want. It's a W. It's want with an A, okay? Uh, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, right? He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, I fear no, because you are your rod and your staff that comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You, God, anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord temporarily. Right? No, forever, okay? Just making sure you're still awake, okay? But the beauty of that psalm is from the first stanza to the last, David speaks about God the way I would speak about some of my best friends in the entire world. You walk with me. You comfort me. In times of trouble, God, more than anything, you're just there. There's no swords in this psalm. There's no fighting or killing or God smite, smote, kill, come down from the heavens and destroy. There's nothing like that happening. Even in times of trouble, what David is saying that's most important is that, God, you're just simply with me. See, what I catch from this psalm and what I catch oftentimes when David's in the right headspace is that he has this intimate relationship, this deeper knowing about the character of God than really any other figure in the Old Testament. But here's what's interesting. The same writer of Psalm 23 wrote Psalm, uh, sorry, the same writer that wrote Psalm 23 also wrote Psalm 13. Let me show you this one. This one's interesting as well. Check this out. It says this. It says, how long will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? See, what David is showing us here is that while it may be easy to feel God at some points, there are other times when it's difficult. But if we take that to mean anything, what we have to know is that a massive part about communicating with God is that you have to learn how to feel his presence. You have to learn, that's my first point, how to feel his presence. You know those type of people that... uh, they, they come into church, and they're, they're real holy, right? And, and like, the worst part of their, their week is those really, really bad Thursdays where they just can't feel God. And it's always so dramatic when they can't. Like, like, when people can't feel God, it's not like, hey, man, I'm just struggling. I got a couple of things going on in my life. I just can't feel God. Like, it's never like that. It's always like, hey, everybody stop. Okay, hang on. 
It's usually an Instagram story. It's like crying, the mascara's on, you know. And it's like, yeah, I just can't feel God right now, okay? And I'm the first one to jump on those people and shoot them a DM and go, well, too bad God's not in your feelings. He's in truth. But if I listen to Psalm 23, I'd be dead wrong. Because check this out. It is healthy, and check this out. It's biblical to feel the tangible presence of God. Enneagram fours, can I get an amen? You're not crazy, okay? You need them emotions. And I'm, look, the crazy thing is, I, I, I've taught this before. Like, yo, don't trust your feelings. They're going to betray you. You need to rely on truth, the word of God, not your feelings. Amen. Can I get an amen? Somebody say amen. amen. But here's, here, here's the trouble. Here's the trouble. The Bible paints a very clear picture that part of communicating with God is feeling God. When you need comfort, sometimes reading scripture isn't all you have to do. Sometimes you just need God to make you feel loved. Sometimes when you walk up to the altar and you're praising and all of a sudden that Tasha Cobb's break every chain comes on, you know you need a miracle and you need to feel God in this place. Sometimes it's okay and necessary that you tangibly feel the presence of God. We don't get it, check, check this out. We don't get in trouble when we feel God. We make mistakes when we make it all about our feels. See, here's the massive difference in the, in the two. One is rooted in, in holiness and humility. The other one is rooted in emotional instability. I'm not saying you need to overfeel God. But that's not oftentimes the present, I mean, the, the, the problem. Oftentimes, the problem is we underfeel God's presence. Oftentimes, we're living in, in such filth and we're dealing with so many things and we're wrestling with so many different ways we want to live. It's not that we feel God too much to where it's borderline uh, emotional instability. A lot of times we make up for our lack of feeling by trying to work our way back to heaven. Here's what you need to know. If it's been a while since you've felt the presence of God, that's an issue. If you've never felt the presence of God, you need to. Because it's beautiful. And listen to me. It happens. That's the other crazy thing. Is it's real. Like, like it happens. My wife was just talking about it. She said she was in the kitchen. She called me right after and she's like, I just felt the presence of God. She was like, the enemy was trying, like, as soon as I woke up, the enemy tried to attack our family, and it was crazy. And I just turned on worship music, and I just sang until I felt the presence of God. You guys, what makes our religion so much different than other religions is that we believe that God comes down and gets involved in our lives. When it comes to listening for the voice of God, one of the massive things you have to begin to do is you have to begin to train yourself on how to feel his presence. 
I think some of the other points tonight are going to help you develop in that thought. But I wanted to open up tonight with you understanding that God speaks sometimes in how we feel. And that's totally okay. If you're somebody in here and you're saying, well, Pastor Jared, I do feel God's presence, but also I feel a variety of different emotions. I feel like, for me, my spirituality gets convoluted with how oftentimes my emotions are working. If that's you, can I recommend a book for you really quick if you're taking notes? If you're somebody that really struggles with your emotional health when it comes to uh, loving and living this life with God, check this book out. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And it's written by a guy named Pete Scazzaro. Check that book out. It's one that really, really helped me. I was on the other end of the spectrum. I, I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I tried to close off my emotions. I'm like, I don't want to feel nothing, okay? I don't want to feel any type of thing that made me cry. I was like, turn it off. I don't want sad movies, okay? Can't listen to indie rock. Like, I need, I need something more solid, okay? Um, but it helped me. And if you're on the other side, like I was, try that book. I really think it's a good, uh, a good resource. Here's another thought. When we're talking about listening for the, the presence of God, there's, there's also things that happen um, outside of how we feel, but maybe, maybe in things that we see, okay? When it comes to listening for the voice of God, one of the, the more major uh, ways we do this is, is seeing God work, Right? I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever been a part of this, but you ever like, you ever, you ever like walked into church and, and for some crazy reason, the pastor's talking about the exact thing you've been struggling with. He hits you with a line and you go, oh my gosh. I know the face because I say something and you hit, you hit me with that. How does he know? Right? And you're like, how, how did, how did he speak on specifically that? I didn't even know I was dealing with that. That's crazy. Or, or <clears throat> anybody in here have somebody that they go to in their life that somehow just speaks truth every time that they see them? It's usually your mom, right? <clears throat> Moms are usually the vessels for the Holy Spirit, but they can just speak to you. <clears throat> and you're like, Mom, how did you know to say that to me right now? How did you know I was dealing? Why did you call me? Went out right before I was about to go out and say, make good decisions. Like, how did you even know? <laughs> this is crazy. Or, or anybody ever seen, like, like, crazy miracles in their finances? Like, like, God told you to give something or be generous or do something uh, probably crazier than you've ever done. And then you watch as he makes a miracle pop up on the back end. Anybody ever experienced, in the, or anybody have a family member that, that got sick and you kind of prayed a little bit and your whole family prayed and in your mind you're going, this is never going to work. And then all of a sudden God just shows up and works a miracle. Anybody ever see God move or work in life? Maybe you're dealing with doubt, but you look at that situation and you say to yourself, that can only be God. Like, I, I can't deny it. That can only be God. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says this. It says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being clearly understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Now, if you read this entire uh, chapter in Romans, you'll, you'll find some really, really thick 
theology in there. Paul uh, goes pretty deep in this, in this one chapter alone. There's so much uh, good that's happening there. But specifically in that verse, what he's talking about is the doctrine really of just theology in general. This idea that no one has an excuse. Why? Because God can be so clearly seen if we just open our eyes. What Paul is saying is that God is moving. The question is, are you looking? Paul says, look, can you put that scripture back up one more time? He says this. He says, look, there are invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature. While this, is, this, is the, this is the paradox that Paul's writing with because he was this gifted of an author. He says, the invisible qualities, where's the paradox? Having been clearly seen. What does that mean? How can an invisible quality be clearly seen? Somebody make sense of that for me, okay? I'm going to hold the mic right here. Somebody can make sense of that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm preaching. But he said God's invisible qualities can be clearly seen. What does he mean by that? That while his divine nature and his power may be invisible to the naked eye, there's other ways that his character can be communicated. That's precisely what we're talking about. We're saying, yo, we know that it may not be written on the wall, but at the same time, God is communicating, hey, I'm real. Hey, this is not just a joke. That feeling you felt, that is real. This theology that you sometimes doubt and begin to question, it's real. It says that his divine nature and his eternal power can clearly be seen and and it can be understood from what's been made. Why? Because God loves us, and he's making sure that hearing his voice is an available option. He wants you to know that there's no excuse because he's trying desperately to communicate with you. One of the most common ways we can listen for God's voice is to see him move. It's to see him move. If you've never experienced this, let me encourage you. Because here's the thing. Uh, there, there were a couple of you guys who, when I was like, have you ever seen God do this and do this? And everybody was like, yo, yeah, this crazy clapping. Oh, my gosh, yeah, I remember this one time. There, there's people in here right now, if you were honest, this is a rhetorical question, don't raise your hand. I'm not trying to shame you. But there's people in here that goes, well, Pastor Jared, I can be honest with you. I, I don't really know if I've ever seen, like, anything that amazing. I don't know if I've ever actually witnessed a miracle. I've seen some pretty gnarly coincidences, but miracle? Oh, seems a bit far-fetched. There's people in here that are saying, you know what, I don't know if I've ever actually seen him move. A lot like the people in here that's never actually felt the tangible presence of God. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do because this faith journey is not a journey between you and your pastor. Check this out because you were, you were expecting me to, to like give you an answer or, right, or why you don't feel it, right? Here's, here's my challenge to you. Seek it. Seek it. If you've never felt it, feel it. If you've never seen it, search for it, look for it. Because if Romans 1, verse 20, 
shows us anything, it tells us that it can be clearly seen. We just have to open our eyes. And if God doesn't reveal himself to you, walk away. This thing's a charade anyway. There's a challenge. Ask God to show up because he will and he does. And I could probably look at your life and let you know that he already has. You just weren't paying attention. Because here's the thing. Most Christians want God to communicate in a way that makes us feel comfortable. You know the type of miracles we want? The lottery. <laughs> it's like, yo, God, if you're real. I'm in Biloxi. Playing blackjack. Yo, Lord, if you will, pocket aces. <laughs> the kind of miracles we want to see make everything in our life good. Here's the problem. At the same time, Romans 1, verse 20, promises us that God's divine nature and eternal power can clearly be seen. All throughout the New Testament, it also promises that we'd experience suffering. Trials, tribulations. What prosperity gospel? I'm not saying find God in your success. I'm saying find God in his sovereignty. If you're looking, listen, if you're looking for an advantage for knowing God, let me tell you, there are plenty but it's not going to look like the advantages of being successful in this world. But that doesn't make him any less real. He's looking to move in your life. Instead of looking for external results, look for internal transformation. And watch God move. You know, one of my favorite worship songs is that, you know that, that song by Elevation? Uh, do it again. It said, I see you move. <laughs> you move the you know, you know that song? And I believe, what does it say? I'll see you do it again. You know how Haley got to preach over Break Every Chain? I want to preach over this one, okay? <laughs> Y'all come back up and play Do It Again so I can just start preaching. You know? That song is indicative of our faith. Why? Because it's letting us know that God's already moved in our life. All we have to do is open up our eyes, and he's going to do it again. So when it comes to listening for God's voice, you have to begin to see him move. So we, we've gathered that we listen for God's voice by sensing or feeling his presence. We listen for God's voice when we see him move. And here's my last thought. We listen for the whisper that is God's voice when we learn how he speaks. When we learn how he speaks, really quick, I want to try something, okay? I want to try something. This may be a little awkward for, for those of you in here. Um, and, and Jacob, don't play keys yet. I want to do something real cool. Real, just let me do something real quick, okay? Um, I want to try something. Everybody, we're going to be silent for like 15 seconds, like super silent, okay? Nobody moving. Don't breathe. Don't crack your knuckles. Don't move your hair out your face because that makes a noise when everything else is quiet. We're going to be quiet for 15 seconds. Okay, you ready? On the count of three. Nobody move. One, two, three. 
Somebody broke. That was so hard, right? Somebody on the podcast is going to think it's broken. They're going to be like, what is the deal? <laughs> when we were quiet, did, did you hear that, though? You're like, what, hear what? It was quiet. No, no, it, it wasn't actually quiet, though. We heard the commotion of the lights buzzing. We heard the air conditioning running, the fans running. We heard the rustling of the noise outside. I mean, it, it was quiet from us, but at the same time, it wasn't completely silent. See, God's voice is a lot like that. He's speaking. Now, now he may not be yelling, but he's speaking. The trouble is we got the noise of our lives turned up so loud we can't hear them. We've got the noise of our life turned up so loud we can't hear them. And then we want to wonder why I can't hear the voice of God. Everything else is speaking so loudly. No wonder you can't hear the voice of God. But here's the truth. When you spend time in his word, what you're learning to do is quiet the current loudest voice in your life, your own, so that you can learn to better hear his. What you're doing, listen, when you spend time in the word, when you spend time in prayer, is you're learning to shut yourself up so that somebody else with a little bit more insight can speak. What you have to do is fall in love with the quiet. You have to fall in love with Jesus' words. I love what it says in John chapter 1, verse 1. Any Christian, you need, to, you need to know this first. So if this is not in your memory verse, you need to write this verse down. It says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was who? God. What John is trying to make clear for us is that Jesus, in fact, is God. In the Greek, that word would be translated logos, right? Okay, which is a, a more massive uh, thought than we have time to break apart right now. But what it's basically saying is that Jesus is the logos of God. The word of God. In, in verse 14, it says this. It says, check this out. It says, and then the word, the logos, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. What it's saying here is that Jesus is the word of God. All things came to be by Jesus because he is the logos, he is the word of God. So John is making it so clear that according to verse 14, Jesus is also the living Word of God, the Word made flesh. And all that simply means is that when he came down, he didn't lose who he was or what he was. He just became that in human form. So what we can understand is that Jesus is the Logos, the Word of God. My question to you tonight is what better way to hear the voice of God than to get to know the Word of God? What better way to learn to hear the voice of God 
than to begin to fall in love with the logos, the word of God. Here's the trouble. If you're anything like me, your biggest problem is that you're always looking for a new revelation. If you're anything like me, that's me. I, like I'm always like, I'm always sitting in my room in my quiet time. I meditate. I'm always like, God, speak. Speak. Speak, Lord Jesus. And he's like, I already spoke. <laughs> if you're anything like me, your biggest problem is you've been wanting God to speak in this dramatic, emphatic type of way. But why do we God speak new things when we can't seem to listen to the words he's already spoken. Did you hear me, young people? Why in the world would God come down from heaven, hit you with a Sean Connery, and speak in a new voice, new things, new revelation, when we're still having trouble digesting what he already spoke? couple of people like it, okay? That's okay. You, what you need to begin to understand is that does God allow you and communicate with you by letting you feel his presence? For sure. That's, that's one of the ways we listen for God's voice. Do you see him do incredible things in your life? 100%. But the primary way we hear from God is opening up our word and falling in love with him.